0: Today on Locked On Canadians, the Habs did not have a great weekend of games, but we still found some positives, and that's all coming up in our three up and three down as we do every Monday here on Locked On Canadians.
1: Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: hi there everyone and welcome to episode 706 of locked on canadians and thank you for making us your first listen of every day on any podcast network or your first watch on youtube my name is Laura saba also known as the active stick and i'm joined as always by scott matla of hab's eyes on the prize scott how are you doing after this weekend of let's just say disappointing games
1: The funny part about this weekend is the Habs games, like, stung, but, like, not in a long-term way. Uh, The Rocket launched this season uh, Friday and Saturday and threw away two very winnable games, and we're going to talk a little bit about them later on in the week once the uh, Habs have a slight break in the schedule. So uh, I'm doing all right wasn't a great weekend for football, uh, soccer and American football, but you know what? Uh, My therapist says I shouldn't let that bother me, and Carly agrees, so we're going to move on from the disappointment of my Green Bay Packers fandom and into uh, my abject disappointment. disappointment. Yes, into more (laughs) disappointment. Uh, The games, as Laura said, were not great, uh, unless you were Jake Allen, and we will have more on him later. But In both games, it felt like the Canadians had strong moments, but not enough to build an entire 60-minute effort out of like they did against Toronto. I thought they started well against the Capitals, faded, had a little bit of a moment. Against Detroit, they got, they got run over on Friday night for a period and a half and then figured it out, and it, it's a learning curve, and we'll talk later in the week about not having Matheson and Edmondson and everything, but... You, they're growing pains, and I, uh, I can't really blame them too much for the results, the efforts there, in most cases. But man, who a a win every now and then does 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 help a whole lot. So at least they beat the Leafs on opening night, I guess. (laughs)
0: Well, I mean, you know, we are talking about a, a season in which we want a high draft pick. We want a low ranking at the end of the season, but we still want to see positives. We still want to see signs of growth. So it is a little bit early in the season. The Canadians did play two challenging teams. I mean, Detroit is much improved over last year. Uh, and I think that the Washington Capitals, everybody keeps counting them out, but they're not out yet, right? Like they're not, they're not. It's not over for them yet. I think they, they're still a pretty good, pretty strong, pretty challenging team. And I, I thought that the Canadians kind of—it's not that they didn't put up a fight. It's just that they don't have enough guns. Is I think um, the way that I would put it. And I think the back end is something that we need to talk about. Um, but real quick before, um, before, before we get into specifics of the two games. We did miss our mailbag. There was a technical issue. We are going to uh, answer all the mailbag questions that were asked at an episode this week. We're also still going to have a Friday mailbag. So if you have mailbag questions that are sent to us, we will answer them in a midweek episode. We also wanted to talk about the rocket that's coming up this week. We wanted to talk about the injuries that's coming up this week. But because it's Monday, we want to focus on the games that were as well as... Uh, do our three up and three down i think the power play for me and it's going to be a familiar uh, complaint you know i don't want to be gratuitous about it because we do talk about it a lot but i do think that we're at the point now where the power play power play has to show some movement otherwise alex burrows is on the hot
1: seat and for me one of the biggest things is is all due respect to chris weidman who should be on the second power play unit is Mike Matheson not being on the first unit, and he's a much better distributor than I think uh, Weidman is, is hurting them a little bit. And and for those who read the article at Habs Eyes on the Prize, I, I I don't care to see Mike Hoffman on the power play anymore. He doesn't generate anything. He He's not doing much. And I'm at the point that I'd rather see uh, Uri Slavkovsky on the power play at this point. I get that Martin St. Louis said he wants to – integrate him and give him his time and his step slowly here. But the power play hasn't scored this year. And outside of Caulfield and Nick Suzuki, it doesn't look overtly dangerous. Uh, Doc and uh, Monahan have their moments here and there, but they're not part, well, Doc is, but Monaghan is not a long-term futures piece here. I'd like to see them tweak the power play lines a little bit. Let's let Kofsky be that guy operating along the goal line. He did that during the rookie tournament. He has the body to, you know, be in front and screen people and distribute the puck still. Uh, the power play being that bad is an issue. It's not gonna, I'm not saying it's going to win them games, but it might have cost them against Washington. might have cost them against Detroit. If you're given these opportunities in a game where you're struggling, you got to kind of quell the, the wave of momentum against you here and score against that run of play. And it's not... Meant to be, that's the only way they can do things. But the offense still looks like it's struggling to figure things out. Uh, They don't know where Duran and Hoffman fit in this lineup. And uh going through all the line combos from this past week, the lines that have Hoffman and Duran on them have struggled to generate expected goals and possession. Whereas Doc and Monaghan and even Dodonov, once he got off the fourth line, were doing so. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see how Martin St. Louis approaches this game against Pittsburgh because... Real strong top line, really good second line. Can they can they win the matchup battle here and kind of win some of those lower tier things? And uh, against Toronto, they did. Now they need to do that against you know the Penguins. They didn't get to do that against Detroit. The bottom six on Detroit crushed them. Literally, Elmer Soderblom is six foot eight. He's gigantic. Like uh, it, we knew this season was going to be tough though, and this is part of those growing pains. Uh, but three games in for some of the vets on this team, your evaluation period, it should be over. I, I don't see it. And I want to see some of these younger guys get a shot who are hungry to make an impact. They might lose, but they also might generate more and have those chances and learning experiences.
0: And show some hope. Uh, we also will talk eventually, obviously, about Philip meshar going to Kitchener. Uh, all of the um, sorry, he's not in Kitchener.
1: Yes, Philip meshar is in Kitchener
0: he's in Kitchener I kept thinking I was saying Kingston and I knew I, I, it was wrong but like no King, uh, Kitchener uh sorry everybody I clearly have not recovered from my you know my my work trip as well as all the renovations going on in my house uh so you know we are going to talk about that a little bit later and one thing that I do want to talk about real quick before we move on to our next segment is the Slavkovsky Ice Time uh, I want to use it as a shameless self plug I was on Habs Unfiltered with the lovely gentleman there Blaine Potbang is actually one of my favorite follows uh on Twitter really really love lovely person and I was so honored that they asked and we talked about the Slavkovsky ice time thing and one of the suggestions uh, that the gentleman brought up it was Matt Smith and and Blaine um you know put him on the power play like you know we're talking about we need to increase his ice time like that should be an opportunity for him so I'm glad that you know on this side of the podcasting as well like we do kind of there is a consensus that that is a good opportunity for him to prove himself play a little bit more Improve on the parts of his game. And, you know, speaking of improving on the parts of the game, it is Monday. We are doing a three up and three down, and we will have the three down uh, right in one second. But first, I want to tell you all about Simply Safe. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe Home Security to protect their home. And you don't learn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. I know because I use Simply Safe in my own home. They protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. And here's why I love it. I tend to do this thing where I will stay up late and watch the creepiest things ever and then I will attempt to go to sleep and then I will hear a noise and then everybody in the house has to wake up because I am terrified of what's going on. But with Simply, Fa- with Simply Safe, I know that I have nothing to worry about, that it's all in my head because with 24-7 professional monitoring, SimplySafes agents call you the moment a threat is detected and they dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home or can't be reached, like say you're on vacation and you want to make sure that your home is safe. It's a great, great way to ensure that your home is taken care of. Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. HD security cameras for inside and outside your home. Smarter ways to, de- to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real. And even hazard sen- sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. You can customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafecom slash locked on NHL. You can save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com/slash locked on NHL to learn more. There's no safe like simply safe. All right, Scott, it is time for the three down of the week and we're going to try to narrow it down to three we're not going to be overly negative but we do have we do have three down this week it's going to be a long season it's not the end of the world if somebody ends up on this list but when we when they do end up on this list it just means that we as fans want to see more from them
1: uh we're i think everyone knows who's probably number one on this list and we're just going to get this out here uh it's mike Hoffman. I. I I I try to be measured in my criticisms that Mike Hoffman should not be expected to be a savior of this team or even its leading scorer, but his just generation of everything this season has been non-existent. Uh, like I said, I wrote an article at Habs as in the prize that you can read right now, but at five on five this year through three games, he has four shot attempts, none of which have hit the net. His expected goals is... The only people he is keeping pace with are Rem Pitlick, Caden Gooley, and Jonathan Druan. It's, even on the power play, it's not good enough. He was brought in to be a power play scorer, someone who's going to help with that situation and be an opportunist in the offensive zone, and we're just not seeing it, and it's... I, I don't want to say that, like, I just, you know, wave him and bury him in the HL, this or that. It's, I, I would be less concerned about his play if it wasn't for the fact that his spot could be going to somebody like an Essie Ullinen or a, you know, Yuri Levkovsky and giving them more ice time. If you're going to be bad, you might as well be bad and give younger guys time to do so. I don't really see what Hoffman's doing right now. And now that I've said this and I've, you know, criticized him, watch him go on an absolute heater this week but i just i don't see it like once yol armia comes back um just put armia in his spot put pitlick back in his spot uh somebody who might try at least i get that you got to you know evaluate your veterans and everything and see what you can get for them in a trade but at this point Hoffman's just tampering down his own value at this point it's it's not great and it's kind of painful to watch someone just so disinterested all the time out there
0: Right. And when you're talking about somebody like Rem Pitlick or Caden Gooley, it's very different. Caden Gooley's a rookie, right? And he also has been tasked with some really tough assignments very early on. Whereas with Rem Pitlick, we, all, we always knew what he was. We're not expecting Mike Hoffman to play out of Rem Pitlick, but we're expecting Mike Hoffman potential out of Mike Hoffman. He's a veteran and we want more from him. And I think Jonathan Durant has only played one game so it's a little bit you know it's a little bit less of a sample size but i definitely think that when it's a veteran there are no excuses there are no mitigating factors and there's no room to grow you should have done your growing already
1: yeah and i think that's it is that it's like we know what mike hoffman is and he's not even that anymore which is kind of the problem uh and it's funny on this down list most of the people i have are veterans and this one i I want to quantify with I don't think this is the role he was expected to play when the season started poor David Savard's just not having a good time out there like he's playing so many minutes because the defense is so young and, and injured and, and injured yeah which we will get to it's he's playing it's,
0: top line competition right
1: yeah and you can tell the foot speed's not there like he's trying but man he's overexposed at this point and part of that is on the coaching staff again. You've got younger guys. Just let them play in that spot. He played four more minutes than the next closest guy in that Capitals game, and that's that's just not good enough. Like, I, I understand you want to kind of shield some of the younger guys a little bit, but sooner or later, you got to give them a chance. And Savard, again, we know, we know what he is. He's not going to magically turn into, you know, somebody else. And I feel bad for him because I think in a lesser role, he'd probably be perfectly fine. But he's being asked to play 20, 25 minutes a night, and David Savard can't play twenty to twenty five minutes a night anymore. It, it's not in there, and it's it, it it's tough. Like for a guy in his spot, that's why I'm not full. I'm not putting the blame on him. It's that's basically the only chance he had. So um, I'm hoping when the team gets healthy, David Savard can get bumped down the lineup for a rest because he needs it at this point.
0: I want to say something similar to that as well. It's just he's playing against the toughest competition. He's playing the longest minutes. But my question is, if the pucks are going to get at the goalie anyway, if they're going to go into the net anyway, why not have rookies make those mistakes? Why not have rookies make those giveaways and learn from them, right? Like the thing is, you're not risking much by playing a younger player there because Savard, for everything that he is and for how much he wants to do, you know, like there's, we, we criticize Mike Hoffman for not trying enough. Savard is trying. And that's the thing. It's like, he has limitations. So why don't you put in there those people, those younger players that are going to be playing years in this league, if it turns out, if it works out, why don't you allow them to make those mistakes? Why don't you allow them to learn? Why don't you allow them to be the ones to get burned and learn? So I think that that's definitely, um, like you said, it's on the coaching uh, issue. So um, I am a little bit hesitant to ask you who your third down is because i don't know if we're on the same page and I feel like I'm going to be upset with yours.
1: Uh, I was, well, we talked about it in the first time, which kind of spoiled this. I was going to put Alex Burroughs as my third down on this list because the power play has yet to do anything. Uh, and sooner or later, the power play needs to do something, something like literally a goal would help. And they're 0 for I think 10 or 11 on the season so far. Uh for something you've had a long time to fix your seat should kind of be getting warm underneath there, or you're going to get reassigned within the Canadians coaching, you know, hierarchy here. So uh, he, which I don't think is a
0: bad thing, right? Like maybe he's just better suited to other things.
1: Yeah. Like maybe Trevor Latowski is a great power play coach. Who knows? Like I, I it's, it's really tiring though, to watch it happen. Like, yeah, they can get the zone. Like the entries are better. And then it's a hard pass and a hard pass and a hard pass and a hard pass and a shot that goes wide and a hard pass. And it's like, try something new, anything to try something new. It's not the end of the world.
0: I agree. All right. So we have done our three down of the week and we're going to hop over and do a positive. You know, we're going to do our three up. We actually have. So many ups that we have to have three up and then two honorable mentions. And that's all coming up in just one moment here on Lockdown Canadians. All right, Scott, uh, we talked this, we we, we didn't talk about the three down, but we did talk about the three up before because we had so many that I wanted. kind of to talk about it before so we can narrow it down. And we've decided that we have three up and two honorable mentions. Shall we do the two honorable mentions
1: first? Uh Sure. Do you want to go and list who we had on there?
0: Right. So Cole Caulfield, who ordinarily would be an up every week, but uh, because there were so many other people who were shining, we just wanted to just sort of drop that, you know, Cole Caulfield is still Cole Caulfield and is amazing and we love him. And he, he would usually be one of the three, but he's just by virtue of, of the others kind of impressing us, he's definitely uh, the other up, uh, sorry, the honorable mention. And then I had King Gooley, uh, who, you know, his numbers, his underlying numbers don't look that great, unfortunately, but he has done a lot to step up on the ice. The way that he's played has been intense. The way that he's played is mature. The way that he's played is showing what he's going to bring when he's a fully developed defenseman. So I did want to, to have him as an honorable mention. And Scott, I know you have a couple, I, I think we agree on the three up, uh, you know, and I think that um, a couple of them were not, were, were surprising, I'll say.
1: Yeah, uh, I did want to uh, talk about Ghoulie for one second though, because he has impressed me with his poise and composure uh, under pressure in this. Uh, he's being tasked with a lot and he's taking his bumps, he's taking his licks. Yes, his underlying numbers have not been where they are, but he and David Savard are getting shelled because it's he and David Savard out there, not Caden Gooley and Joel Edmondson or Caden Gooley and Mike Matheson in a situation that might play more to his strengths and help them work out. I think he's shown a lot of composure already uh, and a big, big, big fan. The first one, it, it's it's going to be Jake Allen. Like, Jake Allen has been... Just so beyond incredible in the two games he's played this year. Yeah, he did get the win against the Red Wings, but guess what? He's the only reason that stopped that game from being like 10 0 after the first period, including a potential save of the year. Like Jake Allen has done everything the Canadians could have possibly added from him at this point. And I got to be honest, I'm really glad they got him re signed because he's been great. Uh, and poor Samuel Montemoga, yes, he lost, but. Uh, he looked better for the most part, but Jake Allen is getting up this week. He was everything that Canadians need him to be and more. And I am really, really, truly hoping that uh, Jake Allen giving or being forced to face 25 shots in a period is not a regular trend this season.
0: So I obviously agree with all of what you just said. You know that we are a Jake Allen friendly podcast and we do love him. Uh, my, uh, one of my ups, I think we agree on this too, is Kirby Doc. Uh, he has been impressive. He's kind of an unknown quantity, but we've kind of seen what he brings. He His underlying numbers show that he's one of the most impactful forwards on this team. Um, and his underlying numbers are great. I'm watching him play amazing Obviously, he's still not good at face-offs. He's not been taking very many. And the ones that he's been taking, he's been losing quite a bit of them. So that's something that's a skill that the Canadians need to work on with him. He needs to work on that. That's something that we knew going in as well. But I do think that, you know, the Canadians have kind of found this, like, happy medium where someone else takes the face-off. You're not always going to have that luxury. So you're going to need Kirby Doc to really hone his skills on that end. But the decisions that he makes on the ice, the – like. It's 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 he's just so smart. He's just incredibly smart. He's such a good hockey player. And I'm so excited now after having seen him for three games, I saw what made him the third overall pick. And again, faceoffs, we're going to discount the faceoffs for now, but he is going to have to work on them over time if he's going to be part of the future of the team.
1: And here's the thing is that line with he and Monahan. it's just clicking like they're doing all the things that are driving play in the right direction. And if you're Martin St. Louis, that's a good thing. They don't always score goals. They don't always, you know, generate a ton of shots, but they're doing the little things that keep plays going and get pucks where they need to be. And with Doc's insane reach and Monahan being kind of crafty as a veteran, knowing where to be, I, I'm excited to see what they do there. And I'm looking at this and I'm going, can you put a Slavkovsky on that line? Can you put Evgeny Dedanov on that line full time? Or can you put Josh Anderson on that line and have the other guys open space for Anderson to make things work there, and move Dedanov up or this or that? Their stability allows Martin St. Louis more flexibility because then you have Christian Dvorak who you can move around. You have Nick Suzuki that you can move around. Uh they're doing really, really well with everything. And to transition from Kirby Doc, my other up of the week has been Sean Monahan, who has been arguably the Canadian's best forward. I know that's both good and bad, that you want more out of other forwards. I think Caulfield has been the most impactful, uh, Suzuki right behind him. But when Sean Monahan has been on the ice for the Canadians this season, pucks are in the right direction, plays are happening, and there's an effort and a a value behind those moves that are happening. There's chances, and even if they're not going in, they're still happening. They're forcing other teams back on their heels. And I think Sean Monahan' uh, goal against Toronto, notwithstanding, has still looked very, very good. He doesn't look like a guy who's had seven thousand surgeries recently. Uh, and his his rebound is good for Kent Hughes, and it's good for the uh, cachet of draft picks and prospects because if he keeps playing like this you know what team's going to come out knocking going, yeah, we'll give you whatever you want for that at this point, especially if he can, you know, pot a few more goals as they continue to go on here.
0: He's honestly just, I, I, I love how he's played and I hope he stays healthy. That's all I care about because he's, he's, he's done so much. And as somebody who's just like an afterthought on this team, I thought that, you know, he's, 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 he's had more impact than a lot of the people that get the most attention on the team. So he's also, you know, my, up. I agree with you there. Um, all right. So tonight is a game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Penguins are in down that usually spells disaster for the Canadians in the last couple of years. So we're hoping for a better game and we will have the recap and we might talk about some of the planned topics that we had for last week that we had to miss. Uh, that'll all be tonight. We are, oh, sorry. That'll all be tomorrow tomorrow. <laughs> We are a five day week podcast. So if you want to make sure you get all the episodes, please make sure you're subscribed to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube, and on YouTube, please hit the little bell so you'll get notifications when we post a new episode. Um, in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians, and that is where you can direct your mailbag questions, in addition to emailing us at lockedoncanadians at gmail.com. We actually received a lovely email from somebody with a birthday coming up, and we're going to talk about that in the mailbag episode. Um, and in the meantime, also, you can follow Scott on Twitter at Scott Matla. You'll find me at The Active Thank you so much for listening. And when you're done listening, please check out Locked On Fantasy Hockey because now is the time that you want to get ahead on your fantasy hockey rosters at the beginning of the season and you want to make sure you make right the, the best decisions up until the end of the season. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back tomorrow.